This episode of Biscuits and Jam is presented by Boar's Head. Welcome to a special summer tour edition of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living Magazine. My guest this week is one of the biggest young stars in country music. Raised in the small town of Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia, just outside of Chattanooga, Kane Brown is now playing stadiums all over the country and electrifying audiences with his deep voice and his powerful catalog of hit songs. Ever since he burst onto the scene with Used to Love You Sober in 2014, he's been racking up awards and building a loyal fan base, as well as a reputation as a guy with a big heart. We had a great conversation about growing up with a Harley-riding grandmother who was a detective, the encouragement he received from his middle school friend, Lauren Elena, Alan Jackson's influence on his music, and why he loves working with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Plus, Kane shares the recipe for his Nana's special Christmas drink, and much, much more. Well, Kane Brown, welcome to Biscuits and Jam. Thanks for having me. Where am I reaching you right now? I just got home, so I'm in Nashville. You've been on tour? Yeah, we've been doing some dates. We actually leave tomorrow for the next show down in Savannah. Well, so, Kane, you grew up in northwest Georgia, right near Chattanooga, but it seems like you're more of a Georgia fan than a Tennessee fan. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. My pop was a Tennessee fan, (laughs) but my granddaddy was a Georgia fan. So it's been fun watching the dogs. For the last couple of years. I'll say, I guess it's been a good year to be a Georgia fan. Definitely this year. So, Kane, tell me a little bit about the town and the neighborhood where you grew up. I know you moved around a bit, but what's the place that feels most like home? I mean, Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia is where I grew up. But honestly, anywhere in Chattanooga around that area, it all feels like home. So was it kind of a rural small town or did it feel a little bit more like a suburb of Chattanooga? Well, my hometown's got 9,000 people in it. Pretty small. And then there's just so many other little cities around or counties around that it just makes it kind of like a big city. But I'm talking about 30 minutes away, you know, but it only feels 15 when you live there forever. Yeah. Well, so Kane, you were raised mostly by your mother, Tabitha. And, you know, we like to talk about food on this podcast. What can you tell me about her cooking? Oh, man. I mean, my mama, she always made good food, but it was always, you know, like Chef Boyardee out of a box and canned ravioli <laughs> and beefaroni. And my wife makes fun of me all the time because she's like, what's something your mom used to cook that you liked? And I'm like, potato soup. But all it is is water, <laughs> potatoes, butter, and salt. Well, did you grow up with a taste for Southern food or were there places that you liked to go in town when you were a kid? I mean, I just like to go out to eat when I was little, but my mama and my nana, they were pretty good cooks. My mama used to make these homemade biscuits and salmon patties, which I always loved. And every time I go down back home, she always has them ready for me. And then my nana made the best egg sandwiches, hands down. I don't know what it was, if it was her love that she put into them or what, but they were always amazing. And then of course, of course, Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is my spot. <laughs> right. <laughs> so was this kind of a bacon, egg, and cheese type of sandwich, or what was special about it? Just eggs and bread and Nana's love. <laughs> 
So, Kane, what were the holidays like in your family growing up? Was that a big deal? Did y'all have big get-togethers, or was it a smaller thing? Yeah, I mean, to this day, they still have holidays down there. It's harder for me to get there, but Christmas, Easter, every holiday, we were going over to my mama and papa's. Everybody brings a dish, and we all just gather around and eat. And it's a little cool now that I get to go back because I don't get to see them as often as I did. So I always have stories for them of me being on the road and things like that. And, you know, you get to go back and it has changed a little bit. I don't get treated like the old cane that I used to be, but they're still pretty level-headed with it. Who tends to bring the best dish? Do you have an aunt or somebody who's famous for their cooking? I mean, to me, it's still my mama and my nana, hands down. Well, I want to ask you about a recipe that y'all used to make around Christmas. It's a very simple recipe, and it's one part green sherbet and one part ginger ale. What is it about that drink that you like so much? I don't know. I think, you know, my Nana started making it and it's like, it's not frozen, but it's just cold enough. And I don't know, it it tastes delicious. And I've loved it ever since I was a kid. So, I mean, I haven't had it in a while, but I would love, if my Nana brought it up today, I would drink the whole bowl, but it's always in this big punch bowl that would be on the counter, you know, just with a little scoop spoon and, I don't know. I think it just was a tradition that I fell in love with. And it just sort of feels like the holidays to you? Definitely. It's not Christmas without it, if I go down there. I need to start doing it at my house, but I don't know how to make it, even though it is a simple (laughs) recipe. And Nana's love is something about it. So, Kane, I interviewed Lauren Elena for this show, and she talked about your Chattanooga connection and how y'all grew up singing choir together. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was always the quiet one in the room, and she could always sing, and she got me my own solo. I think I was singing I Can Only Imagine, and she made everybody left the class. She made me stay and made me sing for the teacher, and then went on to do her thing for American Idol, so she really inspired me, and that's what kind of got me into the talent shows and all that stuff. She said she was one of the first people that you ever sang in front of. Yeah, other than my mama. She was one of the first ones, but she kind of forced me to. There was no uh, no question about it. <laughs> well, so was the church a big part of growing up for you, and did it kind of help you discover your voice? Yeah, we used to go to church like every Wednesday and every Sunday. You know, I was in the choir, and then, of course, going through elementary school, I was always in plays. Even up to high school, I took theater my sophomore year. And it was funny because I was quiet there too, but then we had one time that we had to act out and I'm always in my shell and I don't know what it was, but I was like, I'm going to kill this. And I got up there and the whole class was laughing. And I remember there was this one girl that she was like, that was too much. You're so dramatic. (laughs) Well, I imagine that voice made quite an impression in that choir. I mean, did you have that deep baritone back then? No, I had a very high voice. My friends always made me scream because I could scream so loud that it would hurt your ears, like high pitch. And then I guess I hit puberty one day, and yeah, it just went away. Well, so you and Lauren recorded that song, What Ifs, together, which ended up becoming this huge multi-platinum hit. What was that like for a couple of kids from Chattanooga? It was cool for me because we had had two songs go out to country radio, and Used to Love You Sober was my first song, and it did really good without even really touching radio that much and then thunder in the rain and then what else was my next single and it was kind of like i hope this works but also having lauren on the song 
and just being able to share that with her. And we were friends since seventh grade. So you had somebody in this big city with you on a song. It was really comforting for it to blow up how it did. You know, no matter where our careers go down the road, we'll always have that moment. What if I was made for you? Yeah, that's really something. Chattanooga is not really known for producing tons of great country artists, and to have both of y'all come out of there at the same time is pretty special. Yeah, honestly, after it happened, we looked up if anybody had done it before, and if they did, we didn't really find too many people. So it's cool to be, I guess, one of the first. (laughs) So Kane, I want to ask you about your dad. I know he was kind of out of the picture since you were a little kid, but I'm just wondering what kind of relationship you have with him now. I don't really have that much relationship with my dad. He, I don't know, he, he left when I was you know, three years old. So we used to talk every now and then, but now it's just like, I don't know, kind of pointless, I guess. Luckily I have my grandparents that were in my life that, you know, my pop, he was basically my father and then uh my friends when i would go from house to house some of their dads that were kind of my father figures to look up to and he's not really been in my life much well you're a dad yourself now and you got two little girls and you wrote a song called for my daughter that came out a couple years ago and it talks about being a dad and how you want to be the best one that you can be tell me a little bit about writing that song and kind of the headspace you were in when you wrote that? Well, I wrote that before my first daughter, Kingsley, was born. I would say it was close to about the time she was about to be born. And I was just thinking, you know, I, I could, it wasn't her choice to be born, so I, I need to be there. You know, I never had that, that father figure to look up to other than my granddad. And he always made me feel real special. You know, he always took me to my baseball games. And so I just know that whatever she wants to do, I want to support and help her be the best that she could be and just give her a life that that I never had. Well, you might have to change the name of it to For My Daughters now. Yeah, that's the only thing about writing songs, man. Stuff changes. I'll be back with more from Kane Brown after the break. This episode of Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living is presented by Boar's Head. Introducing Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Glazed Chicken, a new classic flavor available only from Boar's Head that brings the celebrated traditions, signature flavors, and iconic taste of sweet honey barbecue to your local deli. Inspired by famous barbecue joints and the aficionados who know the reward is worth the wait, comes an authentic experience that can only be from Boar's Head. Made with premium ingredients, this slow-roasted chicken is delightfully sweet with notes of honey and perfectly balanced with savory hints of hickory smoke. Honey drizzled and barbecue sizzled. Ask for freshly sliced Sweet Bee's Honey Barbecue Chicken during your next visit to the deli counter. Boar's Head. Compromise elsewhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome back to Biscuits and Jam from Southern Living. I'm Sid Evans, and today I'm talking with Kane Brown. I know you've talked about your grandmother, who I believe was a, a sheriff or she was in law enforcement. Is that right? Yeah, she's a sheriff and a detective. So you also wrote a song about her that was called Good As You. And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit more about how she influenced you as a young man. Yeah. Well, originally that song, I wrote it about my wife. And then Alex, my videographer, because I talk about my Nana so much, came up with the music video completely different. So she was just a huge part of my life. My mom ended up leaving me for a little while. I think she went to like North Carolina or something. So I stayed with my Nana and we got really close and she would take me for drives in her police car and I would go down to the police station all the time. So the cops always knew who I was and made me feel special. And I would get to see the bad guys come in in their jumpsuits with their handcuffs and stuff. And my Nana would be like, you never want to be here. So, you know, I had, I had that positivity of being in a jail, but not being in the jail. So I feel like that was, you know, very important in my life coming up. And she was just a strong woman. Yeah, she sounds like she was kind of a tough customer. Yeah, man. Like I tell a lot of people, <laughs> this, you can't say your grandma was a detective and, and rode Harleys. <laughs> so, you know, you've talked about the military at some of your shows. You have a great song called Homesick, which I've heard you dedicate to veterans before. Other than your grandmother, did you have... a military or law enforcement in your family? Yeah, a bunch of my grandparents were in the military. And of course, I had a bunch of friends in the military and I even tried to join the military at one point. I had too many tattoos. They told me how to get them removed. And I was like, nope, I wish I could give back more than what I do. But I felt like that was a small gesture. Just salute them at my shows because a lot of them come to my shows. So that's just me actually thanking them as much as I can for putting their life on the line for us. And that song, Homesick, was that really what you were thinking about when you recorded that song? No, when I, when I recorded the song, I was, it was basically my first time really touring and being away from my family and being away from my wife, uh, at the time, my girlfriend. And so I started thinking, like, who else can really relate to this song? And I'm like, man, look at me over here crying about being on the road doing shows when these people were going overseas and away from their family and then their family's not even knowing if they're going to return so deep down i was like that's the audience that's going to really relate to this song well it says cane brown on a sign with a line out the door sold out some little town i've never been before yeah they're screaming my name this is what we dreamed about but out here singing about you, baby, all I'm thinking about is how I'm homesick. Well, you know, you talked about giving back, and there were times that you dealt with homelessness as a kid, and you've used that experience to support organizations that work on affordable housing and homelessness. What are some things that you learned about that experience that, that have really stayed with you? Well, for me, some of the parts, luckily I was too young to remember. I just got told by stories from my mom and my Nana. And then the other parts, I was fortunate enough that, you know, I wasn't homeless, like on the street. I just didn't have a foundation. So I was, you know, staying with 
friends or whoever would let me stay with them basically so luckily i always had somewhere to lay my head down but didn't have that stable home foundation two of my best years of my life growing up was when i you know my sophomore year lived with my mom for a full year we had an apartment it was great you know i had somewhere i didn't have to move and i, I knew that i was going to be good there when we moved away from there it went to crank and then uh my freshman year was also great because we had a house for a full year, I had my own bedroom, just the moving around part and then the moving schools and not being on the same pace, going to, from one school to another school. I'm like, we didn't learn this at my old school. Where are we at now? I'm lost. I had to do five years in, in high school just because of moving around so much. So it really goes deep in my heart for just kids growing up that have no say-so of where to stay. I want them or their family, whatever the cause might be, just to always have a stable home. And I think parents need to realize that it's very important that your kid stays somewhere for multiple years instead of having to move around all the time. Yeah. What are some of the organizations that you've gotten behind in your support of that issue? We did Make Room. That was some, uh, probably three years ago. And then recently we've been doing the Boys and Girls Club that honestly, when I found out about them, it just broke my heart and made me feel good at the same time because I would always bring kids in. First of all, they never got to go to a concert. I'd bring them in, it was their first concert. And uh, I would talk to them, basically just how I grew up, my whole story. It was cute, a lot of them were coming up saying, can I go home with you? It was stuff like that really, really touches my heart. We've been with the Boys and Girls Club, which is amazing because for me too, a lot of places, like if I didn't have sports, I could have gotten into so much trouble because my mom, she would work till five or six and there was nobody watching us. So I could have went in any direction, but sports kept me out of all that. So for these people that are going and taking care of these kids and a place for these kids to go after school while their parents are working and, you know, they have basketball and they, they have people that help them study and all that is just so amazing to me. So I, I love supporting them and being behind them. Yeah. Kane, I want to talk music for a second, and I want to ask you about one of the songs that really puts you on the map. I pulled up a video of Used to Love You Sober, and it has something like 93 million views. And this is kind of an old school country song, but what do you think it was about that song that really resonated with people? Well, that was my first song after I had actually got a pretty big fan base. Like I got released the EP before, but my fan base, I hadn't like went viral yet on Facebook. And so this was my first song after I started doing covers, got my you know million followers on Facebook or whatever. This was the first song I put out whenever that happened. So I think that, you know, they were telling me to write songs and I, I think they were just really excited that this was the first song that technically they got to be a part of me releasing. And it just it shot up the, the charts for me, and, and I couldn't be more more happy and more proud of it. Well, people sure do love it. And, you know, I wanted to also ask you about Alan Jackson. You've talked about Alan Jackson being an, a big influence, and you've done tributes to him. I mean, what was it about his music that you loved or still love? I'm a huge fan of his songwriting. Drive and Chattahoochee are definitely two of my favorites. Chattahoochee's close back to where I'm from. We've taken a boat out there a couple of times and rode on it. So I definitely relate to that. And his song Drive, I kind of going back to, you know, me growing up without a dad. I wish, you know, I didn't have a dad to teach me how to drive, but 
have a mom, you know? So I just jumped in the car and, and took off and <laughs> she would, you know, she would always be like, slow down, slow down. I'm like, I'm doing 20, what are you talking about? But this, his songs are so fun and, and so well-written and I love his voice and they're catchy. And when I put Chattahoochee on, it's like summertime, I'm ready. <laughs> well, Kane, there's a lot of change happening in, in country music these days. You've been one of the most successful black artists in country music maybe ever. And I'm wondering if you've felt a real shift in the way that country music is embracing black artists and a shift in just kind of where the whole genre is headed. Yeah, man. I've seen a lot more artists come in with color or, or that look, you know, a little bit different. And, and I love it. I tell everybody, I don't really talk about this much, but I just put my head down and, and I keep doing my thing. And the more I succeed, and the more that these other artists start to succeed, the more doors open. I don't really have to say much. I just, I got people coming to my shows and we're fortunate enough to have some hits on the radio. So Nashville's accepting everything right now. It's amazing. It's a great thing. Well, you just played a hometown show in Chattanooga for the first time, I think in about six years. Mm -hmm. What was different about that show for you and what went into it in terms of planning and, and preparation? Luckily, my team is very strong, so I, I didn't really have to do anything. I just kind of put my input of what I wanted, and, and they made it happen. And then I was just, you know, so excited to play. I've waited this time because I didn't want to go back and play and not be able to give them a show that people were going to be like, wow. And I feel like we did that. I will tell you, I do not remember going on stage, and I do not remember coming off. <laughs> it was kind of like I was on autopilot. I did not look for any of my friends in the crowd. I was just so focused and did not want to mess up. But I had a, a, I remember I did have a blast. So the show was cool, though. When I saw pictures and people, because when you're on stage, you don't get to see all the effects and the fireworks and all that stuff. So whenever I saw it afterwards, I was like, dang, you know, that was a, <laughs> a great show. So it's cool. But y'all, there'll, there'll be some video footage come out of it later. I don't know when yet, but it'll be sick. That's great. Well, it, it looked like a great time from what I saw on social media, and it must have been a really special night for you. So, Kane, you're a dad now. You've got two little girls. I just got to ask, do you ever cook for them, or is that more your wife's department? That is my wife's department. Our <laughs> oldest, Kingsley, has like a food allergy, which my wife does, too. It's like She can't eat gluten and all that stuff, and I already told you how I grew up on Chef Boyardee and all that stuff, so... I'm not the person to be cooking for them. <laughs> well, maybe you could at least learn how to make the green sherbet special for them. I, I, they probably can't even have that, to be honest with you. I'm not even <laughs> oh. Well, Kane, I just have one more question for you. What does it mean to you to be Southern? I love it down here. Honestly, I would have to say just the, the manners, me going to church all the time whenever I was growing up. Honestly, the, a lot of the times that I got to where I grew up, my mom, a boyfriend named Anthony and he had a dairy farm and some of those times were like probably my favorite times you know just all the acres just getting to run around hang out with my brother go fishing on the pond that was on the farm and you know finding like there was one time we found a a lonely bird egg I remember and we, we tried so hard to keep it alive for the longest and of course it hatched but then he died so uh, <laughs> couldn't keep it alive after that but just it, I don't know those are some of my funnest times growing up and I don't feel like you could do that in many places. No, you can't. And we're very happy to have you in the South. And Kane Brown, thank you so much for being on Biscuits and Jam. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kane Brown. You can visit canebrownmusic.com for summer tour dates, social media, and more. Southern Living is based in Birmingham, Alabama. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't miss an episode. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuitsandjam. Make sure to come back here next Tuesday for my conversation with the legendary Derek Trucks.